Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Was this week two or three? I've lost track. Steve, the Bucks fired offensive coordinator Byron Leftwich. Still have not replaced him. They've interviewed a number of guys. I think some seven guys at this point. No one back for a second interview. I'm not sure that that's their uh, procedure, as it has been with other teams. Um, I'll tell you what. Here's what I think. I think as Peter King would say, I think that other guys are waiting to see who gets these head coaching jobs. There's still several out there. Um, what was it? The Cardinals narrowed it down to three. Is that right, Steve? I think uh, at least three that are known: Brian Flores, the former Dolphins coach, now Steelers assistant; right. uh, Lou Anarumo, the Bengals defensive coordinator; and then Mike yeah. Kafka, the Giants offensive coordinator. Yeah, Mike Kafka, former Buck, and, and Lou did a heck of a job with that Bengals defense. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I I think that you know what happens in these deals is that. A lot of times, if I'm a candidate for a head coaching job, if I'm Mike Kafka, right, I've got a number of guys that have promised to me, right, that if I get a head coaching job, they're coming with, right? Now, that's not to say that, you know, one of these guys may want to go somewhere else if he doesn't get a head coaching job. But in as much as those, you know, that that in Indianapolis hasn't been filled um, there could be a number of these coordinators that are like, yeah, I'm waiting to see if my guy gets that job, right? And that's just one possibility. Uh, the other one is that you you sort of have to have some dominoes fall, right? Like, say say we're talking about Todd Munkin, as, as we have been for a number of weeks now, and if if Todd was the Bucks' first choice, but also has a second interview with the Baltimore Ravens, and maybe he would prefer the Ravens' job but hasn't heard and they're still not quite to that point yet where they're ready to hire someone, um, then, you know, the Bucks are probably going to wait a certain amount of time until they find out whether Munkin gets that job or not. Because if he doesn't, maybe he's coming to Tampa Bay. So it, it's just, I, I don't know. There's like, you know, still a number of head coaching jobs, a whole bunch of coordinator jobs that are open. And no one seems to be in a big hurry, you know, which is kind of odd. But, you know, this is a big. This is a big hire. I'd be surprised if it. I would be surprised if it didn't happen this week. I thought it was going to happen late last week. Just a kind of a gut feeling, nothing to base it on. Except that the sooner you hire the offensive coordinator, then that guy may decide to coach quarterbacks himself, or he may have to hire a quarterbacks coach. Or you know, right now the Bucks don't have their running backs coach, and they don't have the tight ends coach, and so on and so forth. So I think that. Building that staff and, and giving that offensive coordinator, you know, the best opportunity to to surround himself with really good coaches, um, sort of makes this, uh, you know, something they need to get done sooner than later. And, um, you know, now that we, I mean, the other part of this is too, if you did interview with the Bucks over the last few weeks, right? You probably talked a little bit about Tom Brady, 
you probably talk to them about, you know, hey, what would you do with Tom Brady? Okay, what's your plan if Brady doesn't come back? Well, now all those guys, you know, I've interviewed and Brady's not coming back. At least that's not the expectation. So are you looking for a different kind of coach? In other words, are you looking for a guy that's going to develop a young talent like like Kyle Trask or if you were to draft a quarterback, somebody that's into the, the development business, right? And so that's that's something that might lead you to a different, you know, a different outcome in terms of what coach you really want. Um, you know, I, I remember they interviewed uh, uh, who was it, the offensive court or the quarterbacks coach Dan Pitcher for the Cincinnati Bengals, and you know, you're thinking, well, pretty good quarterback there, must have done a good job, so maybe he's someone they would really like. Um, Jim Bob Cooter, who was, you know, Matthew Stafford's quarterback coach in, in Detroit and also uh, Trey Lance, uh, not Trey Lance, uh, Lawrence in Jacksonville, Trevor Lawrence, um, his passing game coordinator. Another guy that could probably develop some quarterbacks. Clint Kubiak with the Broncos, not such a good year necessarily with uh, Russell Wilson, but had been in Minnesota and did all right. Uh, so, you know, those are the kind of guys that, Maybe everything changes. Shea Tierney, and I think you're going to hear that name again, is a guy with the Giants that developed Daniel Jones and didn't get a lot of credit for it, and rightfully so, I guess, because you got Brian Dable there and some others and, of course, uh, Kafka. But, you know, internally, they were giving Shea Tierney a lot of lot of credit. And he's got a pretty good story to boot. He was never really a starting quarterback himself, even on his high school team. But he hooked on to Dable uh, early on and then at Alabama and followed him to Buffalo and then the Giants. So tyranny could be a guy that you hear more of if something, you know, if Todd Munkin makes a decision, if they're going to go now with the younger quarterback or maybe draft and develop a guy down the road. So, you know, it's just a waiting game. Um, these guys have options. They have choices. And they have leverage. And I think, uh, you know, my guess is, and I don't know this, I don't think the Bucks are going to interview many more guys. I don't know that they're going to bring in any for a second interview. Um, that doesn't typically seem to be their style. I guess that could change. But, yeah, I do kind of I do kind of expect something to happen, would happen this week. and And that would be good. It would be good to know. And then it would be good to figure out, you know, as they go forward in the combine, and in free agency, what they're going to do. You know, we talked about if it's Munkin, well, maybe Baker Mayfield's a big possibility, and so on. So all that will be coming down soon enough. Uh, We've got some mailbag questions to get to, as well as going to discuss Rondé Barber's candidacy for the Pro Football Hall of Fame, which will be named on Thursday at the NFL Honors Program. i got a pretty good feeling about that one. We'll tell you why Rondé Barber should go into the Hall of Fame this year and just some of my conversations with guys like Tony Dungy, Warren Sapp, um, so many others about Rondé. But first, I want to remind you guys how to save money on your electric bill. It's called May Electric Solar. They're a family-owned and operated business. They've been installing solar electric systems for a dozen years now. There's a lot of these companies out there, but May Electric Solar is committed to you for the long term. Here's why. They guarantee their workmanship with a 30-year labor and services warranty. Plus, With every installation, you get $750 worth of surge protection for all your appliances. That's what they call the May difference. If you visit their Hudson showroom, 
May Electric displays all its products. They conduct on-site testing. You can see exactly what they're going to install. Plus, they don't use subcontractors. So all those guys up there on the roof, those are Billy Mays guys. You know who's doing the job. Start saving today. Call the solar energy experts at May Electric Solar. Here's the number, 727-819-2862. You can schedule a free estimate. Lower your electric bill all year long. Preserve the quality of your appliances. That's May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. All right, over the weekend, uh, I wrote a story about Rondi Barber. (laughs) Written a few of these in my day. Rondi Barber played 16 years, man. (laughs) It's just incredible how long that dude played. And uh, and I talk about this in the story. was not uh, somebody that uh, was memorable as a rookie. In fact, had one of the you know probably least memorable rookie years of a lot of players that I've covered. He was act- active in just one game, and he got lit up by the Arizona Cardinals. Didn't play again until they got to the postseason that year in uh, the 97 season, and he ended up playing against the Green Bay Packers. Um, a game that they lost 21-7. to So, you know, I, I talked to uh, Tony Dungy about this story, and we'll get into who, you know, sort of who might be in this class and why I think Ronnie's going to make it. But um, Dungy came here, you know, in, in, what was it, 96, I think it was. And when he got here, you know, he had, he had been part of that team that had the steel curtain in Pittsburgh's. Uh, in the Pittsburgh Steelers, and he started making comparisons almost right away, right? He told Derek Brooks, he sat him down and said, listen, you could be the next Jack Ham. You know, Jack Ham's a Hall of Famer, played weak, weak side linebacker for the Steelers, and this was going to be essentially the Steelers' defensive scheme that they were going to run. He told Warren Sapp, hey, you rush the pass here. You, you're like Joe Green. You know, you're like our Joe Green, right? And then with Lynch, John Lynch, it was like, well, you've got kind of the physicality, the instincts, Remind me of Donnie Shell, you know what I mean? And so there were all these all pros, right? And he told them, you know, you guys should make a bunch of Pro Bowls and be, you know, in there for the discussion about Hall of Fame when your career is over. And you could see it with all those guys. The one guy that he couldn't go to and say, hey, you could be so-and-so is Ronnie Barber because there was no prototype for Ronnie Barber. I mean, uh, Ronnie Barber started as a corner, and, you know, he wasn't the biggest guy, 5'10", 184 pounds, but he was so versatile, right? And he wound up revolutionizing the slot cornerback position, and he could do it all. He could defend passes. He could stop the run as a blitzer. He was tremendous uh, for, you know, knowing his size has, has done what he's done. Get these numbers, and these have been Hall of Fame numbers for a while. He simply couldn't get him in the room, right? He's only been a finalist three times in the final 15 47 interceptions, which is pretty darn good, even if you played 16 years. But the one that's the aberration here is he had 28 sacks. There's no other player in the NFL history that has 45-plus interceptions and 25-plus sacks. Just doesn't just doesn't exist. 15 forced fumbles, 12 fumble recoveries, 12 touchdowns, which is a lot. And more than 1,251, uh, 1251 tackles, I think, was the final on that one. And yet everything I just said, Steve, is nothing compared to this, this stat right here. He played 16 years, as I mentioned. How about this? 215 consecutive games, the most of any defensive back in NFL history. 215 in a row. That's incredible at that position. 
It really and, is. And, and just look at the Bucks' defensive backfield the last few seasons. Like they right, can't, they can't right. keep a guy healthy, and and no, not to compare you know, those players, but I mean, you know, we've no, seen that's, that that that's how hard it is to keep secondaries healthy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yet, Ronda, and he played a physical game. He did. I mean, you know, he, really he was did. stopping the run and blitzing, and mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't just go go run down the field and cover somebody. No, at five ten, one hundred eighty four pounds. Mm-hmm. His durability is incredible. Yeah, it it really was. And and a lot of that, you know, it, first of all, he's he's one of the toughest guys that I've ever covered. I mean, when I say tough, they all get beat up, right? Mo- much less a guy his size playing inside with 300-pounders and, and whatnot. But he just did not give in to injury. Um, he, he learned how to take care of his body very early and um, trained really hard, but... He also was one of these guys that became sort of a film junkie, and he knew his limitations so well. And, you know, when you're that size and you got 300-pound guys coming at you, if you understand, you know, where they're coming from, he, he had this ability to duck under big offensive guards and, and centers and whatnot. Um, he knew where his help was, and so he'd spill guys back towards the help if he needed to. He was just a smart, instinctive football player, but it didn't come by accident. It came by hours and hours and hours of film study. He was the last guy. Man, I would wait for these dudes. <laughs> when the Bucks' defense was humming, man, they were all like such film junkies. It was annoying at times. It's like, yeah, man, between Derek Brooks, yeah, I get you. I, I got to go, go watch some film. We'll be back. Ronnie Barber, oh, man, I got to do my – I'm going to look at a couple of things. Yeah. If I got half the time back waiting for these guys to talk to him after they did their film study, but because of it, Barber always sort of had a plan. Like he knew how to get big guys on the ground and how to avoid those those uh, those big blockers. Otherwise, he would have never made it through you know two hundred in uh, in in fifteen games or whatnot straight. But um, I talked to Herm Edwards for this story, and Herm was his first defensive back coach when they drafted him in ninety seven, and he. <laughs> He told Tony, he goes, I can't play him. Can't play him. And and Tony was like, what do you mean you can't play him? He's, he's got to learn to be a pro. And so he said that Barber was, you know, a little bit out of shape and, and you know, um, not quite ready to go. And they had some veterans in front of him, which, you know, was kind of a luxury. Donnie Abraham and Anthony Parker were, were sort of up there. And um, But then they did play him, and they played him one game. He was inactive for every game. They played him against Cardinals. Rob Moore had eight catches for 147 yards and including a 41-yard touchdown on Ronde. In a 1918 Bucks win, Bucks won the game. That was it for Barber. He didn't play again until they got the final game, the NFC Championship. They made it all the way there at Green Bay. And Barber just told him, he said, uh, you know, you're in. You're going to go. And Ronde was sort of like, huh, what? <laughs> what? He goes, yeah, you're ready for Brett Favre. Let's go. And from that day on, and this is incredible, he never missed a snap. Like not a snap, and so that's that's really something. But in talking to Tony Dungy, he just said, "Look, this guy had everything right. He was tough. He was smart. He had ball skills. He had moxie. All the things they drafted him. Um, but you could see he was going to be a good player. Um, but it wasn't like you know with the others where you could say, "Oh, you're going to be my Jack Ham, or you're going to be my you know my Joe Green." There was no there was no one that did what he did. And they had to kind of stumble on that 
sort of figuring out, hey, what more can we give this guy, right? Let's let's give him a little bit more here. Let's let's uh, let's give him some more pass rushes. And he accepted all of that. You know, a lot of guys would say, hey, I'm not going inside and rooting out running backs with 300-pound guards running at me. Rondi was willing. Rondi was willing to do it. So this is an interesting year for the for the uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame. You know, there's five modern-day finalists uh, or five modern-day players elected each year of the 15 finalists, right? And they whittled that down to 10. They've already had the Zoom call, and they're all going to be introduced at NFL Honors on Thursday night. I think that probably comes on around 8.39 p.m. I believe it's 9 o'clock, so Eastern. Yeah, it's kind of late. I mean, it's from Arizona, but that's not the point. So, you know, they'll have the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award, all the MVP, all those things will be announced at NFL Honors. It's a TV show, right? So that's what the NFL is these days. But um, but I really do think that, you know, there's only really two guys in this class that you would say, uh, okay, they're taking up spots, right, out of five. It's like Joe Thomas from the Browns, Offensive tackle, he's a first ballot guy, in my opinion. Um, and the other one is Darrell Rivas, who played here, who played for the the Jets, of course, many many years, and then the Bucks, then the, the Patriots, and the Chiefs before it was done. Those two guys, I think, are first ballot guys. I don't think many people would argue against that. So that leaves three spots, and you know, there's there's a lot of good players, man, that are up this time. You know, Zach Thomas has gotten a lot of momentum of late. Mm-hmm. Um, Demarcus Ware's in there. Um, you know, you got Allen. Uh, Reggie Wayne, nope. Jared Allen. Um, yeah, there's just there's a lot. You know, of course, I mean, they're all the stats will tell you that if you make it to the finals, you got a really good chance of eventually getting into the Hall of Fame. So all these guys potentially are Hall of Famers, but just may not be their year. They may not get enough votes from the voters. Might might not be that they waited as long as some. I think this is the third time Ronnie's been in there. Um, but yeah, it was. It's it's <laughs> it's going to be pretty incredible when you think about it. And you know, just kind of talking to everybody about this defense, right? And how tough it was to play back in those days when your slot corners like when they would play the vikings the slot receiver was chris carter chris carter jake reed and randy moss were on the outside you think those guys were any good and you know you've got like a 130 catch receiver in the slot that you're responsible for um you know and 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 the thing about ronde is that he could become and i think will become the fourth member of the Bucks Super Bowl champion defense to be elected to this Pro Football Hall of Fame. That's four off of one defense. I'd submit there should be one more. We'll get to that. But to give you an idea of what that means, that Pittsburgh, those Pittsburgh team that won four Super Bowls, the Steel Curtain, mm-hmm. they've got five. They've got five. The Bucks, this will be this would be their fourth guy in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. That's how good that defense was. And not just in 02 when they won the Super Bowl, or 97 when they went to the NFC Championship game and almost shut down the greatest show on turf, right? But for about 10 years, that's how good they were. And to have four potentially being, you know, by Thursday night to be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, it's it's unbelievable. And, and you know, the offense finally came around under John Gruden enough, you know, with Brad Johnson and Michael Pittman and Allstott and brought in Joe Juravicius and, 
Keenum Cardell and guys like that. But honest to goodness, it was it was a defense driven team. I mean, they scored three touchdowns in the Super Bowl. <laughs> they had five interceptions. I mean, you know, this team they they just they dominated. I think that year uh, Gruden had challenged them to score nine, and when Derek Brooks and and then Dwight Smith took a couple back in the Super Bowl, that made it to nine. Nine, nine touchdowns he wanted, and they got it. Um, just incredible. But yeah, looking forward to the announcement. I mean, you, you never know how these things are going to go. You know, like I said, I, I'll sit here and go, I'm banging a drum for Ronnie Barber for a while. And I, and I just feel like this year sets up well, uh, for him in that there's only really two first ballot guys. And so that, that leaves you some wiggle room. Now, what happens in there is people will go, Oh, so you're saying Ronnie Barber's Darrell Rivas. So so he's he's Deion Sanders, right? That's not who that guy. That's that to me is a Hall of Fame corner. And then somebody else has to stand up there like Ira and go, eh. No, he's gotta go, um, you know, look, uh eh. Nobody nobody did what Ronnie did. Nobody could do what Ronnie could do. You know? You can't compare him because he's the OG. He's the guy that other than Rod other than I guess it would be Woodson would be the other guy that eventually did that stuff. Um, there's only been a couple now. And Rondé, you know, kind of started it and did it better than anybody else. And so a lot of, lot of people copied, you know, many imitated, but only one original one, and that's Ronnie Barber. And, and um, it'll be fun if he makes it, if he makes it into Canton. Now, he, he probably knows by now this is a TV show. They do the knock on the door show and all that. Um, and so those guys that did make it will be at the NFL honors in Arizona on Thursday night. Watch on NFL network. It'll be, it'll be a good show for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently. I asked Mint Mobile's legal team. If big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation, they said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, what the f are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. So this was the, in my opinion, Steve, this was the worst weekend in sports. How so? Well, I don't like all-star games to begin with. I, the only the one All Star game I do like, still, is a Major League Baseball All Star game because mm-hmm. it resembles the sport in which you play, mm-hmm. right? Guys are still throwing ninety miles an hour and wicked breaking stuff, and guys are up there, you know, swinging from the heels trying to hit it out. Okay, and the guys in the field will you know give a pretty good effort to make a play, and and it it, it looks like baseball. It's the only one that looks like the sport that it actually is. Mm-hmm. And it's played in the middle of the sport, not at the end, right? Guys are they take a break, right? They do this with hockey too, but mm-hmm. we can get into that. You were down in Sunrise and that that's turned into a skills competition which I'm fine with if you're going to have All-Star weekend, not so great with the way that comes off on television. Um however, the game itself, you know, when it used to be like, you know, 12 to 11 or something like that because nobody played any defense. You don't check anybody or whatnot. Now they've turned it into a three-on-three game, which I love three-on-three hockey if it's the regular season, but not necessarily for an all-star game. It's just kind of weird to me. So I don't know. You were down there. What was the uh, what was the vibe? What was the 
was sort of the takeaway. I mean, the 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 Lightning helped the Atlantic Division win their. I think it was their first. It's the first time the Atlantic Division has won since they went to this format. I want to say in 2016, somewhere in that range. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Cooch and Vazzy, uh help help win that one. Um, yep. Yeah, the All Star Game itself, the three on three is pretty cool. Um, there's no defense being played. I mean, the Atlantic team didn't have a defenseman until someone got hurt and they added Rasmus Dahlin on there. Like, not one mm-hmm. defenseman made the All-Star team initially. Yeah. Um, you know, no one's blocking shots or doing any of that, which, uh, you know, look, nobody, wants to, get, them, nobody yeah. wants to get hurt in an All-Star game. You're not laying checks, et cetera. So there's some skill. You get you get some extra goals. You know, I mean, Vazzy and the goalies can't be happy because they're letting three or four goals in in ten minutes of play each game. But um, the game itself is pretty cool. The skills competition's a little weird. Um a lot of the skills competition was pre-taped on the beach or on a golf course and all that earlier. So when you're in the arena, it's a little weird when, okay, you just had the fastest skater on the ice or whatever. And then you go to the next segment on ESPN is on the Jumbotron. Golf. And so it's yeah. been pre-taped and it's, it kind of loses some of that energy in the building at, during those times, but yep, but still a cool event. Um, the weather didn't cooperate very well on for the beach stuff on Saturday morning. Uh, uh, South Florida was getting forty mile an hour wind gusts for all day on Saturday, Jeez. so and rain and that. But but overall, I mean, the, the game itself, like I said, was a cool event. So, um, yeah. you know, definitely worth checking out. And and if, you know, if you remember in two thousand eighteen when the game was here in Tampa, so anybody who went there, you know, the games themselves get the fans behind it. The skills competition can be a little start and stop, and particularly if they pre tape a lot of stuff, which they did this year. Yeah. I saw. I think I saw the accuracy one. Mm-hmm. Um, Connor McDavid had like four targets in nine seconds the first time he went around, and yep. he didn't win at all, but yep. lost in the finals. But I, I'm okay with that sort of thing. Um, you know, the fastest, fastest skater is cool. Yeah, that was neat. cool. The, this new yeah. Tendy tandem they did with the goalies shooting yeah. pucks that it, that one didn't really come off. I think as well as they had hoped. So. Yeah, the splash shot yeah. on the beach with the dunk take was okay. That was pretty cool. Like I said, it wasn't live in the arena, so that was a little weird. Right. Um, the golf right. one. I, I, that was I, interesting, actually. Yeah, I mean it was it was interesting. I'm not it sure how well it, it, it came off. Yeah. You know, in the arena, it was kind of you know, like I said, it, because it wasn't live on the ice in front of you. It it doesn't necessarily right. come off. I'm not you know someone else could tell me how it went on TV and how it played. So. Right. That's amazing how you can hit a hockey puck as far as some of those guys did up on the green, mm-hmm. chipping in. Then they then they put the ball down and they put it. So that was kind of interesting. I watched this the highlights. I didn't watch the actual game. Um, our good friend Greg Almond is out at the uh, NFL Pro Bowl, and of course they did away with the game and replaced it with a flag game, mm-hmm. which I think is fine. Um, and you know, there's a lot of scoring. They played on like a 50 yard field. It was packed, by the way. I mean, I guess people in Las Vegas, will, you know, mm-hmm. they go to Celine Dion every night. They might as well go see the Pro Bowl, right? So um, it was neat because players weren't wearing a helmet. Let's start there. I love that because you get to actually see their faces and see who these dudes are. Mm-hmm. And um, that's not what the NFL wants you to see. They they want everybody to look the same. So that you root for the name on the back of the jersey. Uh, no, you root for the name on the front. But that would that that one was cool. Um, so it you know resembles football. They were playing touch anyway. You might as well put a flag on them. In fact, they're probably more physical on some plays than they had been. Um, as a matter of fact, but 
you know, then they had, you know, little sidebars here and there, right? Like Tristan Wirfs and um, who's the guy from the Saints defense? Was, Cam Jordan. Yeah, Cam Jordan were pushing a sled against the AFC counterpart, and you get so many points for that. It's just kind of grab baggish after that. But okay. I, I mean, I, I appreciate the effort. I'm glad they're trying. Um, I've covered Pro Bowls. This is, the, this is the weirdest thing. You know, when the Bucks were winning, like we mentioned, 97. They had like six or seven pro bowlers out there. And back in the day when money was flowing into <laughs> the newspapers um, and we were just more or less printing it, um, we had kind of money for everything. So uh, I was able to go to the Pro Bowl. And it used to be a football game. Like some of those guys, what would happen is they would start out and, and both teams would kind of like be filling each other out. And they weren't, they were tackling to the ground. And occasionally, you know, you get a little bit of a hit. But then when it got to the fourth quarter, they got after it, man. They had all these rules. You weren't supposed to blitz. You weren't supposed to do that. And everyone said, the hell with this. I want the 60 grand or whatever they were offering at the time. I think it was like the split was like 60 grand a player or like 20 grand a player. And the 60 grand, believe it or not, would pay for the would pay the way and then some of their families that they had brought to Hawaii with them so that they could hang out. Um, you know, that could be include a mom and dad and all this other stuff. They're like, yo. I could use the 60 large right now. And so you get to the two minutes, and it was like it was like a real game. It was like, holy crap, you guys are knocking the hell out of each other. But now it's kind of chilled out a lot, and nobody wants to hit anyone. Um, so I, I, thought the, I thought the highlights I saw of the flag game were good. Uh, there's a couple weird ones, like I said, with uh, Cam Jordan and Tristan Wirfs. They were pushing a sled. There was some quarterback challenge stuff. Um, and then, of course, at the end, the controversy, right? Because Eli Manning's NFC squad, they got the money, they got the game in the bag, right? They just need to snap and take a knee, uh, except that when they did, Peyton complained, complained that that was an illegal play, that that's like a running play and it has to be all passes. So he was lodging, uh, lodging a complaint right to the bitter end. But uh, the NFC did win. So, you know, good for those guys, right, that went out there. The other thing on this weekend, which, you know, it used to be back in the day, uh, in the end of the day, they, the, the, the premiere of NASCAR was always the Daytona 500, right? They start the World Series first, right? They run, it, mm-hmm. they run the World. It's like their World Series that kicks off, their Super Bowl kicks off the NASCAR season. Now they have this thing at, um, well, where USC plays, what is it? The LA Coliseum, Coliseum in Los yeah. Angeles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they've had this race a couple of years. It is literally a go-kart track. <laughs> I mean, this thing is so small because, as you pointed out, well, you're you're racing around a football field. I mean, that's essentially not very much, right? That straightaway is not long. And consequently, it, and I only, only because I drove this this week, it reminded me of like being on I-4. It's like two lanes, but some of these cars would try to go three wide. <laughs> and... <laughs> You're watching it. And you're going, oh god, another caution. How many cautions did they wind up with? Uh, it was 16 seventeen or, or sixteen or seventeen or eighteen. Last year they had five in the race, and yeah. I just turned it on because there really wasn't much on. Yeah, it's like and, I said, worst sports weekend of the year. Yeah, and so as we connected, I'm like, well, there's another caution. Like it was seriously. By the time I turned it on, it was like every three laps a caution came out. I was like, they, they can't even go five laps. I mean, at one point they went twenty seven laps without a caution. I was like, holy cow. Yeah. It was incredible. 
And I mean, when I when I tell you about, a, you know, most people, when you think about a lap in NASCAR, you think, mm-hmm. well, you know, that's a two and a half miles in an oval or it's just a, uh, no, it's, <laughs> I don't, I don't know what the top speed is, <laughs> but they're not, they're probably not getting to triple digits very often. These straightaways are not long at all. And um, if you just picture a football field going from the, you know, goal line to goal line, that's, that's about the, the, the distance of the straightaways. Um, so it was weird. It was like, you know, two car, you'd only go two wide. And if somebody tried to go three wide, then they bump somebody and then the caution would come out. Um, but I guess we'll find out. And Martin Truex Jr. won the race, you know. He did. So, so. yeah, NASCAR's I mean, changed I, a lot over the years. So it really has. I didn't, I did not recognize a good two thirds. I mean, the, the drivers get younger and younger and mm-hmm. more and more guys. Did I see Kevin Harvick was in the booth now? No, oh, yeah. Like he's doing broadcasting? Yep. I mean, there's been a lot of guys retire from NASCAR. Big yeah, it's, it's it's become a younger younger man's sport at this point. I mean, as far really as the is. drivers go and stuff. So, like all yeah. the ones that, you know, you know from 15, 20 years ago, they're gone. I mean, they're yeah. in the booth. They're doing other Tony stuff. Tony Stewart yep. and, yeah. Jeff Gordon and all Earnhardt Jr. Jeff Gordon, and Earnhardt Jr., yeah. You know, Jimmy Johnson, all those guys. Right, right. So I used to follow it a lot closer. I've been to several races in Talladega and Charlotte and that. So, but it's been many, many yeah. years since I've done that. Have you been to Daytona? I don't know why I haven't gone there. I, I have. I have not life. been to a race at Daytona. Like I said, I've been to crazy? three or four at Talladega, and then I was. I've been to several of the All Star races in Charlotte. Yeah, uh, but these were twenty years ago. I was doing that stuff. So, right. Um, I'm trying to think of who is the president of the uh, Daytona. Uh, Speedway, who we see all the time, he used to come in the radio station and you go, "Hey, you know, when you guys come over, they've redone the whole tire track. This was many years ago. It's absolutely gorgeous, stunning club areas, all this stuff." And he's always invited us, and, and we just never, we've never gone. It's just like I don't know why. I'm not anti-racing by any means, but the timing's always um, been weird for me. So, yeah, February is kind of like right before spring training, and. You know, football's well, now it's up kind of actually of during spring training. Basically, now it's it now they now, pushed the yeah. Super Bowl back. It's been pushed back, and it's yeah, that's you know, right. You may not have that's spring right. training games yet, but you've got spring training going mm-hmm. on, and yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, I'd, I'd love to. I mean, I've been I've been to the track. I haven't been there for a race, so okay. And I'd love to see one up there. I just it, the timing. Like, just it's never on works. my bucket list. I mean, it mm-hmm. really is on my bucket list. You know, the other one is like Churchill Downs. I've been and there. I'm not a horse racing fan. Have you been to Churchill Downs? I've, I've been to three races there. Okay. Yep. Have you been to the Derby there? Yes. That's what I mean. Three Derbies. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Oh, three Derbies. Yeah. Okay. Because mm-hmm. um, they do race there. Otherwise. Yes. Yes. Um, three Kentucky Derbies. Okay. Can you name the winners? Do you remember them? Jeez, nah. You probably have to think about it, right? I mean, this was over 20 years ago. <laughs> okay. So, Secretariat. So, yeah. No, no, I'm not that old. <laughs> affirmed you know um i don't know that many that many winners but uh but it it just seems like a fun event it seems like you know you want to do some celebrity watching Mm -hmm. i'm not going to drink a mint julep i hear they're awful i did once i did once that was good enough just once right that's what everybody says yeah i had one yep i'm good for life um but just to see this you know the hats and the you know stars come out and whatnot um, to hear him play my old Kentucky home, like oh, that's pretty cool. I think that'd be that'd be a that'd be a good moment. That'd be fun. 
I just looked just it up. The, the winners, the the three races I went to was Charismatic. Okay. Uh, Fusiachi Pegasus and Fujiachi Pegasus. Wow. Monarchos. And Monarchos. Yeah, not not three memorable horses at all there, but sure they made a ton of money off of them because they won the Derby. Um, well, good for you. Monarchos you know, ran a pretty good time. He broke uh, two minutes, so that's. Oh wow. Brady's had been he had been a semi regular there. Um, Gronk has gone. Edelman, those guys used to used to show up. Brady's got a lot of time on his hand. He he might be at the Derby this year. <laughs> Who knows? I don't know where he's going to pop up next. You see uh, the pro am out in um, uh, what was it Pebble Beach, where Aaron Rodgers did a lot of talking about where he wasn't going. So he wasn't going to go to the Forty ers obviously, but he did. Um, in, in the various banter with fans kind of acknowledged that most of the questions he got were about people wanting to know if he's going to go with the Raiders. And the more I think about it, I know the jets would want him. And I think he has, I think he can kind of, you know, dictate where he goes if there's more than one suitor. Um, and maybe he has a no trade clause altogether, but it seems more and more likely that if he is traded and I, I tend to think he will be, it's going to be the Raiders. I think it's going to be Las Vegas that gets Aaron Rodgers. Well, he's got Devontae Reunite Adams there. Yeah, reunite him with Devontae. It's closer to the West Coast where he's from. He's from California, mm-hmm. so, or North, Cali- North California. He went to UCAL. So that, that makes sense to me, right? They got a pretty good offense. They got to continue to build the defense. Um, and it just also feels like Green Bay is just ready to move on. You know, like they – he's. I don't think he's going to retire and be walking away from too much money, but it just feels to me like – Green Bay saying, "Look, we got to figure out what we have in our young quarterback, and it's sort of it's very, very similar to what happened with Brett Favre. We're not going to trade him to an NFC team, you know. And um, but here's one, here's a couple in the AFC that they can work out the compensation might work. Well, and, and it's an interesting one with Aaron Rodgers because there's no question he's one of the best quarterbacks ever. Mm-hmm. And they've got to figure out what they've got, but." When's the last time they were at a Super Bowl with him? Well, it's been many, many, oh, nine. many, many years. Right, oh, nine, yeah. I believe. I mean, it's yeah. what? We're talking, 14, we're talking 14 years. Yeah. And he hasn't yeah. gotten them back. Now, yeah. You know, and he won one, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, I mean, and that's the thing. Like, you know, you, you think about Breeze. You think about these guys. Brady just won as many Super Bowls in three years as those guys have their entire career. Mm-hmm. At age 40, at the time, age 40, what, three, age 43? Yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, he hasn't gotten back to the Super Bowl since. No, he hasn't. You're right. That team. So, I mean, as good as he is, and he gets them to the playoffs almost every year. They mm-hmm. missed this year. But um, it was 2010 was the last time. That's when they won the Super Bowl over the Steelers. Okay, yeah. But he gets them to the playoffs most of them. This year they came just short. Oh, so close, yeah. After a abysmal start, and you know, he brought him back, but but he's not getting him over the hump. So, at what point do you say let's just move on? And I, I think the Packers are finally there. Yeah, I do too. I do too. I really do. I I think they've they've had enough in in this debate every single off season. Um, he's not going to retire because I think he's owed close to sixty million dollars this year or for next season, and so no one walks away from that. But you know. Um. Yeah, I, I definitely, it definitely feels like if 
it's good. You know, to me, the Jets make sense. It's got to be an AFC team. They won't trade me AFC. I see a lot of people, uh, and I won't name names, but I could uh, on the radio talking about. Would you, you know, um, try to get Aaron Rodgers in Tampa, it's, it, folks? The the Packers get to decide that. <laughs> it's so funny to me. It's like you'd have to do like the Vikings for, did, and you'd have to go so, to an AFC team for a year, and then you get them from the AFC team. There you go. Which yeah, is how the exactly. Vikings got Brett Favre. He went to the Jets yeah, first. He went, went to the Jets for a season, and then, boom, he could do whatever he wanted. Yeah. And that's sort of that would have to be the path if he's going to play for an NFC team. But that's, that's just not happening, man. Then there's other folks like, should the Bucks trade Mike Evans? Should this be the year? Just, you know, you could get two number ones for I'll hear this on the radio. You can get two number ones for Mike Evans. Okay, first of all, no, you can't. No. Okay, no, you can't. I don't know, and, and this is no knock on Mike Evans. Mm-mm. I don't know if you can get a first-round pick just because by virtue of the position and the fact that he's entering his 10th season. Well, and the contract. And, and, and furthermore, yes, let's, let's, let's talk about the biggest factor here. If they trade him, they take on like $15 million on their contract right away. Like You're not going to trade a guy and get more salary cap space without the player. Right, you might get draft picks back, and you can you know add players and whatnot. But like, it's a fifteen million. What is this team trying to do? They're trying to shed salary cap money. They're not trying to pay guys that aren't here. Um, you know, and that that may happen where you know there's some dead money, and yet they have a savings like we talked about the other day with Donovan Smith. Even though they'd owe more than fifteen million, you know, they would that would be the difference in the dead cap room uh, would be about nine million. So I mean, they there there's there's plus minuses, but in the case of Mike Evans, like, yeah, you, we lose the player. All you have is Chris Godwin. You're going to have a young quarterback with very few to no targets that he that he knows. And he, it, just, it seems like Mike Evans, to me, is going to play here until he doesn't want to play anymore, um, which could be soon. But, you know, he's entering his 10th season, and, you know, I appreciate kind of the fantasy football aspect of all this. But let's, you know, don't fail to mention that, oh, yeah, you can trade him. But then you got to take on all this extra sour cap room uh, space. So I don't think that's likely to happen. We've got uh, mailback questions we haven't gotten to yet on the Rays. I think maybe some on the Lightning, but we, we can do that. Mm-hmm. And you can send your mailback questions in. We'll be doing them probably pretty soon this week. Send them to us at SportsDayTB. You can reach me on Twitter at NFL Stroud. Email address is rstroud at tampabay.com. The Lightning uh, getting ready to get back in action here soon, right? They, after they're the in sunrise tonight, and then they're home mm-hmm. tomorrow against San Jose. So they're right back at it. Uh, yep. Get the Panthers on the road, and then uh, San Jose, uh, three and four actually this week because they got a home game on Thursday as well. So, yeah, riding a uh, 12, 12 win home winning streak, 12, 12 game mm-hmm. home winning streak. They'll try to expand on that. They've been playing well. Would have been nice, you know. It's 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 a, always a you know double sword, right? You're playing well, and yet you need the rest, but you like to keep playing because you're playing well. But then you got two guys that went to the All Star. Yeah, it's just. We'll well, see how they regroup. You hope with this. I mean, this is a very veteran team that knows. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. they hope that when they come out of a break like this, that they've learned how to continue playing the way they were playing. So, yeah, yeah, yeah especially at home, that'd be great. So yeah, get your mailbag questions in. Uh, watch the lightning. We'll talk about that tomorrow as well as anything that goes on with the Bucks and their coaching search. Uh, looking for an offensive coordinator, some position coaches as well. That should be heating up this week. Uh, and then we have the Super Bowl. Didn't even talk about that, right? Uh, a week from yesterday, it's going to be the 
the Super Bowl in Arizona between the Philadelphia Eagles and, you know, uh, of course, Kansas City Chiefs. So lots of storylines there, including former Bucks like Indomitian Sue and others. So we'll get into that throughout the week. Thanks for listening. We appreciate it, uh, each and every one of you. We get so many comments. Uh, so many people enjoy the podcast. We really, really appreciate uh, everybody that um, sends in those notes and, and um, you know, also listens as you have uh, throughout the years. Thanks so much. For Steve Burstick, I'm Rick Stroud, Tempe Times. Have a great day, everybody. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.